Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. We are returning to discuss, and actually I, I was, uh, we were talking tonight, and you'll hear from, from who here shortly, but we we're talking tonight and we had an interview that introduced what we're going to talk about tonight, almost a year to the day, if I heard correctly. So um, I am, we're, we're having Jason switch sides like we did the first time. And he's going from being the interviewer to one of the interviewees. And I am um, the moderator and the interviewer tonight. So um, be prepared because this will probably be the best episode we've had in some time because I will actually, yeah, because I will actually be able to stop Jason from talking. Gentlemen. Uh, why don't you both, even though Jason, we know who you are, but let's just do it anyway. Why don't you both introduce yourselves? Um, and just briefly, if you don't mind, talk a bit about, um, what it was we talked about originally and what has progressed in terms of the major milestones and then we can get into the meat and potatoes of it, but just the major milestones that have occurred since. Well, all, all. Six or so of our listeners already know me. This is Jason. So, Aaron, let me turn it over to you to reintroduce yourself because it has been a year. And then maybe together we can give the two bit history and then where we are. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Brent. Really, really uh, glad to, to be back again. But I, I can't believe it does feel kind of weird that it has been almost exactly a year. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. But um, no, really excited to be back on here again. Uh, love this podcast. And um, so I'm Aaron Peterson. And um, I, I'd say most recently, what I've been doing is um, been a professor at Minnesota State uh, University, Moorhead, teaching educational leadership uh, in their higher education student affairs field. But for the real reason I'm here, the, the more exciting reason that I'm here is um, in that vein with, with, with regard to leadership. Um, I've been able to collaborate on this really exciting project um, along with Jason that is really kind of uh, gotten some legs since the last time that we talked and um, it's really coming to fruition. So, um, so that's again, for me, glad to be back and I'll get back to, uh, to Jason. Here. Uh, no, that's, it's so, it's so good to have you back here, Aaron. I mean, I mean, after it's funny to, it's funny to be with both of you guys in this, in this episode, because after Brad, I talk to you, Aaron, next most often, um, which given how regularly we talk, should we, Brad, you and I are spending too much time. I'm sorry for that. We will be just short of a full year, a month and a day short of a full year when we had Aaron on the first time. And at, at that point, uh, we chatted the three of us about a book you and I were pitching at the time, Aaron. And we had been working on the idea and the article out of which it came for a full year before that, a full year. So so when this drops on 13 June of 2022, right, you and I will have been involved in this writing one form or another for better than two years, more than that, if you take the, the concept yep. time. So two, basically the, the gist of it, everybody, is that a little more than two years ago, uh, Aaron and I started talking and I, 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 I approached you, Aaron, and I think I basically said to you, hey, I really want to write something on Star Trek and leadership. And I, 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 I wonder if we could get it on StarTrek.com. And you're like, well, that's not a credible academic source. What are we talking about? So exactly. we, we we pitched it. The irony is we. Wow, anyway, that sounds right. that's that sounds like more something that Jason would say. It, well, and that was the th- seriously. And so so then Aaron's like, what what are you talking about? And so we wrote an academic article uh, 
In fact, we wrote several versions and I think were rejected by four different journals. And I'm, I'm being on, I think it was four, wasn't it? It might've been three. I think it was four. Yeah. It's something around there. We, it, we it got a few places. Yeah. Yeah. We, and it's, um, it didn't fit anywhere. We got good feedback, but it didn't fit anywhere. And I'm being transparent about this because like you and I have talked a ton about this Brad over the couple of years. And of course, Aaron, you and I have been through this numerous times together uh, as, as collaborators, but it's so common to have an academic paper rejected. That is part of the process. And so we kept going and going and going. And I think I finally said to you close to a year later, like eight, nine months later, I'm like, okay. Uh, or a little, sorry, like six months later from the last one, I'm like, okay. It's dead on arrival. We know that now. Let's just send it to StarTrek.com. And you were like, basically, I, I think to you, it was like a Hail Mary. It's like, we have nowhere else to go with this. And I'm like, we have nothing else to lose. And we've refined this concept, courtesy of that process so well. Like you and I, at that point, we really knew what we wanted to do. So we sent it and really quickly, we got an affirmative response. And then, then the gal who was with, um, with well, now Paramount at the time who, who oversaw the website, the, the publishing for the website was, was like, oh, and we're going to release it on Picard Day. And you and I both, to be crass, had nerdgasms. And, um, and then it ran. Oh, now it, it's a rated R podcast. Thank I know. You. Sorry, everybody. Um, and, and so it ran. And I remember saying to you, I remember being in my office and I think I was on the phone with you. And I remember really clearly saying, I'm convinced this is worth of a book. I don't care that we haven't totally gotten it published yet, even online. Let's just do it. And you had really poor judgment here like I'm in. And what we, we wrote a couple chapters, Right. Yeah, and I think I think you were even to that point, um, even before, if correct me if I'm wrong, but you, even before Star Trek or Star Trek.com picked it up, mm-hmm. I think you, your mind had already gotten to that place yeah. that you were you were you were ready to do this, whether it we had like that's right. Yeah, we were we were doing it, and then we 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 did we 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 had to write it because this is how it works. We've learned, uh, it's a huge learning experience, uh, being our first book, uh, solo or together. And, uh, and we, we wrote a couple chapters and pitched and pitched and pitched and finally landed. So, so when we, Brad, when we were all together a year ago, we were actively pitching, right. As you recall, and it wasn't much after that wasn't long after that at all, that we had an, an editor with a publisher, uh, uh, an, uh, uh, an academic nonfiction publisher responded said, this is really interesting. We, we want one more chapter to see where you go with this. And we've been on it ever since. And by, and I should say it's McFarland publishing and we've just had the best experience with them. Uh, and, uh, and we'll put them in the name our editor too, because she's been great too. Well, we'll just say, I think we'll say Layla. Uh, yeah. who is just, just wonderful. I mean, it's just yeah. been a joy to work with her. Even, even recognizing the real work with her hasn't quite started yet because when this drops, we will have only days before submitted our complete draft of the manuscript. Uh, a whole bunch of chapters, 48 case studies based in science, made applicable, looking at all of the major captains in Star Trek. And so that's where we are. Our estimate is that we are at least a year, maybe a year and a half away, depending on just how the how the process goes and how the honestly how the supply chain goes once they've accepted the final draft. Um, but but maybe late twenty three, hopefully by early twenty four, um, our book on the grand captains of Star Trek as leadership, you know, models uh, will will be out there. I'll say, and, and I'm not going to hijack this, but I just, I've, I've told them both, or I've told Jason and Jason's related, I'm a consumer for this material. So I'm talking to them as someone who is interested in this as from a technical, technical term as an end user um, to, you know, just like the first one, I'm the one that asked if they would come on again and be as interviewees, because I'm fascinated by this. Um, one is someone who knows now people are being published and as well, um, this is from my perspective, we'll talk about this another day, very appropriate material, science driven strategies 
for leadership that aren't completely anecdotal and emotionally driven, which is what you see a lot in the field. But I, when we- I mean, in all fairness, we are using totally fictional sci-fi characters for the anecdotes but you're driving but, but you're it's driving being driven it. by science right it's That's being driven I... yep every chapter with every in every chapter in fact every case study of every captain in the book has research to help illuminate on um, what what Aaron what you and I talked about back in the day a year ago in terms of these what we call the basic leadership skills of 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 communication patience and relationship but yeah it's definitely research based and and I will say I feel a little oh, I'm not gonna I'm gonna regret saying this um, I have a bit of an inferiority complex because I feel like Howard from Big Bang Theory where I'm on with two doctorates and I just have my master's degree so it's more the um, fact that Aaron is six four, six, five, six, four. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's yeah. Oh, and you aren't, I should, I I'm, I'm taller than you. So it's everyone's taller than me. Let's just be honest about it. Um, so, so let me ask. So, so again, fascinated by this, I would recommend folks. Um, if you haven't already, you could even pause now, go back and listen to the first one, um, of us leadership and Trek. If I remember the name of the episode, and then uh, come back and listen to this because you'll hear a continuation of what we talked about. So, um, Aaron, from your perspective, um, how do you see this type of material just in your experience as a teacher and an educator of leadership to, and I have to imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong here, this isn't an age, this isn't an age-oriented approach. You have students that can be younger and even my age or even older? Yeah, Brad. And I think that um, that's a great question to start off with, but I, you know, I, I think from my perspective, and I think that Jason, and I probably share this to an extent, but no, uh, we, t- I think we teach mostly graduate level students, you not know, at the master's or doctorate level. But um, when we conceptualize this with the backdrop of Star Trek, uh, we just wanted to, um, even beyond students, we, we, we roll with our students in mind, but even beyond students, we really saw this as, as you said, as an, as an end user, a practical application, even outside of academia, you know, in, in the, definitely in the private sector, because uh, we recognize that leadership goes beyond just educational leadership. That's a pretty, um, it's a pretty limited way just to view leadership. And so we really wanted to make this um, as accessible to as many people as possible, because we think that if it's one thing that and the reason Star Trek works so well is with, with all the um, incredible species that are represented throughout the, throughout the various galaxies in Star Trek, um, we think that leadership should also be attainable from, from any person that would want to pick this up. So. And, and I'll just add, we really did write this with a lot of those end users in mind, really diverse range, like like we wanted to write a book, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think we wanted to write a book that was accessible, but that someone in a C-suite would sit down with this in the evening and they'd read it and they'd benefit from it. Yeah, and we even write in the in the prologue section too, you know, that, because um, especially now that we have this, that the book is so much more defined, but I don't even know if we had a prologue section when we first started talking about this. So it, it uh but in the prologue, you know, we, we point out if there are certain captains that you want to jump to that really resonate with you, anybody that picks this up, go ahead and skip yeah, ahead. That well, was most, people don't, mm-hmm. most people don't do that. I think when you mm-hmm. pick up a book, you know, but, but we kind of saw it as being a, being a really applicable handbook for uh, just, you know, one for our students, uh, but also I think um, just anybody in any other facet of leadership too, mm-hmm. that, that also might just happen to like Star Trek too. Cause even if you don't want to know anything about leadership, if you like Star Trek, there are so many yeah. in little, little nods and Easter eggs and inside jokes in the right. that people will, we don't hit you over the head with those things either. So. I, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll oh, just, I'll just, I just want to add, it took two years to figure out the right specific place to do this. Don't even know if you've seen it in the final pass through air, but I think you do. I think you have, it took two years, but I finally worked Badgie in to the manuscript. It, 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 that I, was saw a t- it. I, I saw it. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you want to offer, I, I don't, is that a, 
Oh, Brad. Lower decks. Oh. Uh, okay. So actually on that point, before we jump into the questions, it's probably worth us, it's probably worth us mentioning that uh, we that the text, the book, I, I shouldn't call it a text because like we're thinking of it like as a manuscript, but it's not a textbook at all. The the book moves all the way through every one of the series. So we have Pike from Strange New Worlds. We've got Burnham and we got in Saru from Discovery, Lower Decks, even Prodigy. So, so you know, you, you there's a, a window when you can't touch this anymore. And of course, it'll have to date a little bit. But we really made it a point that every, every one of the current and previous series, as well as all of the best movies, in fact, just a whole bunch of the Trek movies, uh, are are addressed across those those case studies. So just just as a case in point, because we did keep it current. There's a, a couple things. One, so um, I have two questions. I'm going to start with one. You know, I I've told I've told this to Jason and Aaron. You've probably heard this as well. I have I had a bookshelf full of different books on leadership. You know, a lot of you know, in me being a, a manager and director and so on for. 14 years, you have book clubs and you read books amongst leaders and all that without, and, and I'm asking this question because I know neither of you, am I saying that right? See, now I feel like I'm inadequate talking language with two doctors, but um, maybe, but it has nothing to do with education. Period. Okay. Thank you. That got it. Um, how do you think this differentiates? Cause obviously you're using, like you said, a sci-fi, example you're using a fictional example but i don't think that i don't think that necessarily would differentiate because you've seen some type of material like that but it it's i think from what i know now i just just to preface to everyone i haven't read the book i won't read it until it's published um so i'm learning as i go along here how do you differentiate yourself between a lot of the other material that you think is out there it, I, I think um, when that was obviously something, um, as Jason kind of alluded to when we first started talking about this, that was part of something that we had to really, really think about and uh, be transparent about in the pitching process when looking for a, because that's, you know, for those of, for people that may have been through the publishing process, uh, that's, as we found, that's one of those things that gets asked kind of in the, in, in the, 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 the universal form that, you know, publishers will have is what other you know, what other uh, types of material are, are out there that would be complementary or somewhat the same as what you have. And, and so on one aspect, I think one of the reasons that we were drawn to this is obviously we both love Star Trek um, and, uh, and that there's no secret there. But uh, when it, you know, one, we, we, we realized that it is as strange as that was, and with these great examples throughout different genres of all these different captains where you could have examples, both good and learning experiences from captains. There just really wasn't anything out there specifically um, really related to about leadership to Star Trek. So we, we immediately saw a need there, I think a good connection. Um, but I think beyond that, um, we also felt with, with all the, you know, with all the material and all the research that we've been exposed to on leadership specifically, um, we kind of had an idea teaching in a similar area of, of leadership, but even beyond that, we kind of saw these traits as being the key, the key pieces as far as uh, that's really where the, the foundation lies. I mean, Star Trek is a great backdrop, but the foundation piece in these, these three leadership traits, um, I think is really, really what we want to hit on. And, and I think it also makes it even more accessible to Jason, why don't you, uh, you know, lay more on that. So that that's great brad he is brad you just have to mention that brad is just being visually just the best honestly this is the uh in some ways you could say this is the hardest interview i've ever had so uh i think to to go off of what you just said aaron it's it's probably worth mentioning that we have we've tried to leverage our backgrounds to make this the book we would want to read about leadership. So my background is in psychological science. Aaron, yours is in conflict management. And and let's face it, Brad, you were kind of going here, I think, what you were leading here, or at least, at least alluding to um, this with some of your earlier questions. 
I think like you and I, Brad, offline, we've talked a lot about leadership books over the years because I've kept you informed about our writing process the whole way through. And something you said to me repeatedly, which which I've seen in my own reading, is like you said earlier, there's so much anecdotally based leadership writing. And that's not worth a lot. If it, you know, anything that makes you think that has some value. But but at the end of the day, if you have a responsibility to others, to an organization, whatever, if you take leadership seriously, like like we all three do, then you don't want to just base your responses, your problem solving, your decision making off of off of just anecdote, off of hearsay, off of, gee, that sounds like a good idea. So we really try, Aaron and me, to to bring in our backgrounds and our familiarity with these large bodies of research um, uh, to inform it so that, you know, every chapter and so many of the individual case studies uh, have have psych research that pops up. Almost everyone has uh, one way or another addresses conflict. Like we're really, really straightforward. I mean, don't you think, Aaron? We're really straightforward about what what we think of things and what the research says. Uh, and 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 we we do try to have fun. We <clears throat> excuse me. We try to have a lot of fun, honestly, along the way. Because I mean, if you've ever read a leadership book. They're so dry, with very few exceptions. Um, and so we're trying to fix that. Well, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that last point about having fun with it because, you know, one, if you can't have fun with Star Trek, well, that's one thing. But even beyond that, I think that we know that we have, we believe that we have pretty good uh, research to back up what we're talking about. And so we feel like in some areas, we don't have to take ourselves too seriously, but in a good way so that the reader can also just, um, enjoy the concepts that are kind of being presented to them. So it, it's fair to say we don't take ourselves too seriously. It, 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 it very intentionally in the book, we, we share a lot of personal examples from our own leadership. Cause our, our feeling is it, I mean, you have to walk the talk, right? No matter, no matter what we're citing, no matter what we're arguing with the research, um, we, if we can't apply it to our own experiences, at least in, in, in retrospection, then, then come on, why would you, why would you read us? And it's pretty clear. I, I would hope that, that by the end of the book, it's like they, they, hopefully it'll readers will come away with, they seem to know what they're talking about and they definitely take the, don't take themselves too seriously because we, we share our own leadership successes as well as our failures and sometimes just our observations, uh, but always in line. Well, and, and that brings up another question I have, and I'm not, I don't, I don't want to tease things. I want, I want, I think it's worth, or at least from what I heard, it's worth a read. I'll give you my critique when I actually get a signed copy from both of you that doesn't or have, if kiss, we that don't doesn't have, it, that doesn't have kisses, X's and O's in it from Jason. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, has there been anything in your work together and not, not, I mean, what I mean by that is any surprises in doing the research going into this and thinking to yourself, okay, I kind of had an idea that we were going to talk about it from this perspective, but the more you got into research, it kind of changed your perspective on something. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. It, it makes a ton of it. If you don't mind, Aaron, I can, I can just share the, share one thing that jumps out to me immediately because it's something I noticed along the way, and it's I've been thinking a lot about it the, the, this past year, especially more than that. Uh, obviously, I I love Star Trek. That's pretty obvious to anyone who listens to our podcast. Brad has known you've known that. I mean, probably since we met. Aaron knows it probably right now better than anyone since we're constantly talking about it of necessity. I always appreciated Star Trek, even as a kid because of what it represented and what it what it portrayed in terms of of the use of logic and the use of just humaneness or other speciesness as you will travel but having to learn all of the captains as well as we did to write this book i truly didn't realize how much Trek offered in terms of modeling leadership. 
I, I mean, if you had asked me about it, it would have been, yeah, like I've always been, you know, I, I mean, you both know what I think about Picard and TNG. That'll forever be my show. But having to, having to learn, like every chapter has the history of that captain to provide fictional situational context for their leadership style. And I, um, I have fallen either even deeply in love, to be honest, with Trek because of, of writing this and writing it with Aaron, because as much as I saw in Trek before, uh, I did, I did not recognize truly how much was actually there. Yeah. This, uh, maybe this lens that you got to look through it is probably the, has probably been pretty rewarding. I would think um, for me, Brad, I think, I think the, maybe the thing that surprised me, that was your question. Cause I've, even though I'm, I don't have as many years at, at teaching as, as Jason. Um, but I, I, um, I'd I've, argue that you probably have more quality years, but go ahead. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I have written a fair amount and definitely submitted um, articles to a- academic journals. And so I know what that process is like. And I think so this, um, what really surprised me is I think having been really ingrained with that style of writing, I think, what this has been like through this process of writing for a book instead and, and um, trying to seek out and hopefully land a publisher. That's been, it's just been an incredible learning experience, but I'm glad that I've been able to do it uh, with such a good friend and colleague um, because, you know, there are definitely times throughout this process that um, some are more challenging than others as far as, you know, is, is maybe, you know, we think this is a good idea, but is anybody really else think so enough to, to do this, you know, and, um, and so at different points, you know, having each other, I think kind of balance each other out and, and pick each other up and just kind of, um, but yeah, the, 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 um, just the different, um, hoops and possibly pitfalls, you know, of, of writing to gain a publisher. I think that's, that's been quite an experience and definitely, um, I think it's definitely maybe a, a better writer too, to be able to write in this way. Yeah. You, you keep me honest as a writer. Yeah. Let me let me ask you both. And this may or may not be since I have two uh, people that are um, leaders in, in teaching about educational leadership. Have you noticed um, over the time that you're doing this? I've noticed this and I'm and I'm looking for correction or whatever the case is, just as like I said, an end user who's doing this. Um, are you seeing people more or less being having their leadership decisions being driven by emotion versus more logical or even science. A lot of times people don't think about science and leadership together. That's what's so fascinating to me. Um, They just think about logic versus emotion. That's their perspective. Do you see or deal with or talk with students and all that where there, and have you noticed any patterns or anything when it comes to emotional leadership versus, you know, logical and science-based leadership can i start with this one jason and uh i mean to that point i think um well from where my background is as as jason described you know conflict engagement conflict management um i even though that's not necessarily a staple um uh in in educational leadership uh just because of you know that's what i got my master's degree in because it's so useful i think in the business world the private sector and also education I've always tried to inject a little bit of that into my uh, classes and at least expose my students um, to that, my advisees to that. And, um, and you're right, when emotion be- is, is a big part of as far as how leaders might make decisions, um, part of that, I think, when people get emotionally charged too is, is when they're in conflict or the potential for conflict situations. So we explore that. And that's, that's also why that, that's a key piece, I think, to the book as well, too, because I try to to let my students know and to to explore that you know what makes a good leader. Well, at the times at, at the really critical times when you could be potentially emotionally compromised and not allowing yourself to think clearly about the situation, how do you still perform at a level that's expected or beyond? Um, and so I think that that's uh, that's definitely a lens that I have tried to utilize uh, for quite some time, and also kind of a um, definitely a, a catalyst for for my interest in, in what I think this book can also be too. But Jason, what else do you have? 
No, I think that's really well said. I, I completely agree. I would, I would just add, I would just add to, to really single it out in response to your question, Brad, that uh, my experience, and I'm pretty sure it's yours too, Aaron, but my experience in working with people, working with students these past, well, what, eight years in leadership now formally, is that the notion of applying empirical research to guide your decision-making tends to be totally foreign. And I, I know you know that because we've talked about it and that's, it was a leading question, obviously. Um, uh, I think I think Aaron and I would, I think the three of us would strongly agree that is a real lack in leadership training and in organizational development at all, but maybe a handful of schools where they've got management or leadership programs that pride themselves on actual research. But um, it's it's an issue. And so the notion of, of you know, what, you know, I, my students here in all of my classes, what does the research say? Right, that is one of my perennial mantras. What does the research say? Just like I also tell them, especially when they're new to me, look, opinions are great. I'm just not interested in yours and you shouldn't be interested in mine, right? That's not what we're here to do. And that's the same in leadership. And so we really are trying to transcend that, but having a good time with it too. Yeah, I mean, obviously Aaron and I don't care what your opinion is on anything. So um, sorry, Aaron, I spoke to you, but I just assuming. No, no, he, he's in agreement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, and again, I'm asking questions that are I what I want people to understand, and I'm not trying to be a shill for for the book or anything like that. Is that um, I know this? I've said this multiple times, and I think I've even said this in the podcast. In many cases, promotion is used as a means of merit when that isn't that person's strong suit. So they can get involved in other projects or things like that. And because maybe they aren't trained to be proper leaders, they may not necessarily have the skill set, or they may just not have been properly trained, or they've learned from it, learn in a faulted environment. Um, what do you see in your students um, related to leadership education, and maybe you haven't seen, but I think you've both been doing this long enough. Have you seen patterns develop in terms of what is trending in terms of good leadership versus, this is a really broad question I know, versus um, maybe some of the, and I'm not even saying emotional, just some of the baggage maybe your students are coming into that just may be habits they need to break or ideas that they need to let go of. I, I think... Yeah, do you mind, Aaron, if I jump in? Sorry, I'm, I'm asking yeah. some pretty nebulous no, questions. No, no, you're not. These are the kinds of questions that we that we that we talk about, that we address, and that everyone in leadership should be intentionally thinking about. And I think they often aren't, and and therein lies the rub. So it, it's a big question. Let me give kind of a, a big umbrella response before driving down too much. I think in leadership, like in so many industries. Uh, or just areas of training and development, you know, there's always something new and shiny, right? There's always some acronym, um, maybe it's servant leadership, maybe it's authentic leadership, maybe it's transformational leadership, maybe it's leadership with Star Trek, though, though trust us, that's a good one. Um, there's always, there's always something. And I think Aaron and I both teach, and we really, really stress this or try to stress this in the book that leadership is about building skills, skills that are appropriate to the situation, to the needs of the people we serve, the needs of the organizations in which we operate, and that every one of us comes with some set of cognitive biases. And, and bias is a neutral term. The media have run with it as they often do, but a bias, a cognitive bias is simply an automated heuristic. It's a, 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 an, a, an efficient, optimized way to navigate the social world. And, and we, Sometimes those get us into trouble and sometimes they promote poor decisions. And leadership has to be about recognizing our patterns, 
building the skills that are necessary and not getting caught up in hyperbole, right? We, we're using Star Trek because to our thinking, it's a really beautiful, fun way to onboard people into deeper conversations. It, and I think also along with that, that, that response there, Jason, definitely like your writing, definitely thick and rich there. But um, I think that, uh, I think the other part of that, uh, what I wanted to add on to that is that what we also really try to stress in the book too, is that leadership um, through all the case studies, but just holistically looking at it, um, good leaders, I think also realize people that want to continue that journey for leadership, realize that as even as vast as the galaxies are, um, that it never really ends. And that good leaders are never satisfied about improving and building skills. And so um, so I think that we, we really try to push that definitely in the epilogue, which we have one of those now too. Um, but, uh, but I think that that's, that's a key piece of this is that um, those that are committed to the work um, and, and those that want to become progressively better leaders, I think they need to, they either already have the mindset or they should continue to work on the mindset that, um, that the journey just continues on to, to become as good, as, as capable and as competent as you can. And it's, it's one of the reasons we worked so intentionally and spent so much time writing through the examples of every one of these grand captains of Star Trek. Because let me tell you, having to write in the same book about someone like Picard and Archer, no, no judgment, but they're totally different characters at different times in future history, uh, acted differently and with different developmental issues before them. And, and we went out of our way to demonstrate the utility if not outright validity of a very basic set of leadership skills that would be widely applicable and didn't require anyone to be anything that they're not. You don't, you don't have to drink the Kool-Aid to read our book. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't love Star Trek, but but that's as far as it goes. There's no Kool-Aid in the book. We're not asking for anything in terms of brainwashing or like, this is the way to do it. There's no fixing what isn't broken. It's just simply, here are some tips that are supported, we think, by the research that are illuminated by just tons of nearly 50 case studies all through totally different fictional personalities to make the point that good leadership is good leadership and can be learned by just about anybody. I mean, no this is a question. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No Kool-Aid and not even any Romulan ale or sorry and brandy. You know, so. Not officially, no. Which one? Romulan ale is the one that's outlawed in the Federation, right? Or at least it has been. I don't it know was, if it is yeah. anymore. Yeah. No to the gallery. Um, I, this is a question I should have asked at the outset. Um, but I'm gonna, I know we're, we're gonna run, we're gonna wrap up here, you know, in the next few minutes. But I think it's important for people to understand it is you've already alluded to it, but let's be clear what, who is the audience for this book? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone like me who is already a leader and needs to continue to refine their craft. Our, this is something Aaron and I talked a ton about, and, and he's, you'll say more to, about this too. And we talked about with our editor because, you know, she's obviously, she was keen on, well, who's this for? Uh, I'll tell you for, I think Aaron and I, you are on the totally the same wavelength with this, but you, you, you can correct me here. Uh, as I've been writing and as we've been talking these past couple of years, Aaron, um, I have looked at three different groups. We wanted the book to be accessible and interesting and informative, truly helpful to as, as, as wide a population of readers as possible. Uh, first and foremost, well, I guess I shouldn't say first and foremost, but very much central. Um, people in leadership, uh, whether it's corporate or nonprofit, Right. We, we definitely were writing from the standpoint, I'd say, of more aiming for the more middle management, only because then it was easier to to address things 
for more executive leadership and address things for more preliminary or introductory readership. But we were really trying to kind of hit that bell curve of where are most people in any given day in their leadership journey and development, if you will. So that's one. We also very much wanted this to be usable in graduate level leadership education because uh, those really should kind of overlap heavily. And then number three, and, and, our, and our editor was real clear about this, we also wanted to write a book that was simply interesting and enjoyable to the general reader. So you don't have to be involved in any way, shape, or form to read and enjoy our book. And I, I really mean that. But maybe, just maybe, even if you are not in any way involved with leadership, maybe you come out of the process of reading and thinking about it a little bit better of a leader, someone who's just a little bit more capable with the skill set now of making life better on our planet for others, because that's kind of the thing of Star Trek. And that's kind of our thing, too. Aaron, what else? Well, I think because of the, the backdrop of how we wrote the book, and it's also for Star Trek and sci-fi fans, too. You know, I mean, it's 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 for people that truly have maybe have a passion for Star Trek as we do. But maybe on the side, they also might might learn something or consider something about either their favorite captain or just um, the captain's chair as a whole that maybe they hadn't considered before. I think that um, I think that's also a key piece with it too. Again, as someone who would be a consumer, um, I'm interested to read scientifically orient a scientifically oriented approach to refining one's leadership. Um, so I wanna thank you both for taking the time doing it. Again, this was my, you know, I had asked them both to do this. This is not something that was self-serving by either one of them. I am fascinated by this. I think leadership, bear in mind folks, like, like Jason and Aaron both said, you don't have to be sitting in a C-suite or as an operations director at a company to, appreciate this material from what they're saying. So if you're a leader at the table, if you're a GM or a DM, if you're a leader, if you're emulating a leader in a group within a game, these are, you know, leadership skills transcend. Jason and I know this. We both use our leadership skills when we worked through building out this podcast, 51 episodes and an additional six months ago. So, um, I'd like to thank you both. I'd like to have you both back on um, as you, you know, maybe in another six to eight months, just to kind of hear progress. Plus, I wouldn't mind having a discussion with you both um, just about leadership in general. And I think it would be a good one to have because I think the business world with the great resignation and all that, I think it the landscape's changing. And I think another six to eight months, we'll see things should settle a little bit more and it'll be interesting to hear your perspectives on um, where you see it going. Yeah, we so. would we would love to do that, Brad. I think around the time, which should be perfect, where you know we're signing off on the galley prints, where where this is wrapped from our hands, and it's a matter of now a tentative publication date, and then then at that point we'll be able to say more and more specifically right what's in the book because there there are some things in there that i think are are truly unique not not the least or most of which is just the incessant non sequiturs that we put in in almost every case study for the die hard trekkies well see not see and and again as much as you and i talk we, we and we talk about the general these are these are little things that i don't ask about um one because it's you know, it's material that's going to be published. And two, I want to be a first time consumer as much as anyone else is when they pick up the book. So uh, that being said, I'd like to congratulate myself on being a phenomenal interviewer tonight. Bravo, bravo. And um, as we wrap up that, why don't we uh, step over now, Aaron asked about what this means uh, before we started recording. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to so, toss him to the lion's So we're going to, we're going to move to the GM corner. I did, when we did start recording, uh, we talked very little beforehand. I didn't tee them up on any questions. I wanted this to be organic. Hold open. Um, <laughs> yep. And so um, let's move over 
to the GM corner and for Aaron's uh, understanding. Yeah. Uh, we talk about what we've been reading or studying over the past week or, or playing um, or playing. Um, and then Jason gives us uh, tips and tricks on um, how to interact with one spouse. And if you follow those tips or tricks, don't, don't worry, Aaron. That's usually 15 minutes of silence. Yeah, pretty much. So, no, no, no. Jokes aside. They're um, never going to Uncomfortable listen. silence, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it is for them. Is... We'll start with Jace. Jace, what have you been uh, reading or studying, whether it's a gaming or, or whatever, the whether it's gaming related or whatever, since Aaron is being thrown into this, it may not necessarily yeah. be gaming. Okay. So right. I'll, I'll give a couple a few brief, brief examples to, to help out our, our friend here. Um, uh, and this kind of riffs off of what we've been talking about in the GM corner for the past couple of weeks. Now, unsurprisingly, there's so much right now. I mean, strange new worlds, uh, so has my attention and okay. Oh, uh, you know what? Okay. I'll focus on this. Um, I, this, I, I might not do anything about this, uh, but I know I've, I've texted you, Aaron, several times in the past days on this point. Um, I'm as, as now that the book for the moment is wrapped up and from our hands while we're waiting for the next step, uh, the peer review process, I am itching a bit to write a short piece on leadership where we take a, the next step and we just do it through the example of Pike in Strange New Worlds. Um, the, the itch might go away, I'm going to be honest, but uh, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, it usually does with a little bit of, of yeah, salad or cream. There, there, there it is. Or all go right. set an appointment too. You can always do that. that that's so, right. Yeah. Right. That's well, that's all unfortunate. So, uh, so that's Aaron, I do have Amy's cell phone number. If you need it, we can always start cranking yeah. her too. Yeah. Go it's ahead. okay. She blocks Brad's yeah. calls much like I do. Um, <laughs> so I, that's what I've been thinking. And then more game oriented. Uh, and you and I have been talking a bunch about this, Brad, uh, just this last week. Um, I got the rules digest for star Trek adventures. And I think I mentioned this already a week before. So, but it's it's so good. It is so well written. It is so fascinating. Um, I, I know we've talked about this, but it's still it's one of the things I'm going back to uh, again and and again. Um, how about you, Aaron? Uh, any what's what's in any direction? What have you been thinking about or playing with? Well, I you know like and uh, full disclosure, like I said, I I. Uh was not prepared for this section, but it is in full transparency though. Um, a, if, if we're talking about gaming and things of that nature, uh, and I've told Jason this before too, besides Star Trek timelines on um, that, that's one uh, game that I've been playing, but even perhaps longer than that one um, in the mobile gaming area, I've been playing Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. And, um, and I would say probably at least for five years, Fairly religiously, I've been playing that, and so um, I've been spending a decent amount of time going out to uh, swgoh.gg uh, because the, these folks have set up a, just a a great resource of um, uh, just how to every, anything going with RNG and everything like as far as modding characters. I, um, it's it's helped me a ton as far as um, just become more competent uh, when it comes to battling other opponents um and and as a result i think that the, the information that's on this uh through this this resource here has definitely helped me punch up quite a bit uh, uh um, beyond my galactic power than, than what i should so i think that um uh, for those of you that maybe do play that i am definitely in the kyber club so that's um but uh yeah so speaking of nerds brad what have you been playing yeah, thanks <laughs> i really want to swear right now i guess i guess We've already gone to to uh, explicit episode thanks to Jason before. Um, you know we've we've had some interviews with some fascinating folks the past couple of weeks that have connections to Paizo and to Pathfinder and Starfinder. Um, interestingly enough, I got a couple alerts on some books on Amazon that had dropped in price, so um, I picked up one of them. It's uh, Pathfinder's uh, Secrets of Magic, 
And it's something that um, I talked with Jason briefly about. He sent me a picture. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, I was a little apprehensive and, and this is not a reflection. I should probably even should bring this up about reading more Pathfinder because I don't want to get too um, segmented and discombobulated from the fact that we are focusing. I even met, sent Jason a text. I'm like, okay, we've got these games open. We want to play this. And this one has to sit on the back burner. Um, but what I found, and especially listening to um, James talk, um, James Sutter talk, he still uses house rules. So he, even with a crunchy game like Pathfinder, he still um, customizes and all that and plays with his folks. So I'm thinking, okay, even this material would be worthwhile to have as a resource, no matter what we play. Um, and so between that and um, looking through the rules digest, just because it's been a topic of conversation for us, that's really um taken up my week. I, interestingly enough, there was a book on uh, leadership that was recommended to me. Um, I didn't talk about this with you, with you both at first beforehand. I have that on my docket, but I'm not, and again, it's not a reflection of, of the author of the book or anything. I'm not going to bring it up, but I just, I'm, I'm over, I'm overread on anecdotal single author driven. Here's how to be a leader material. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll read it at some point. It's just not a priority, right? Now. I'm intrigued by your ideas and would like to subscribe to your newsletter. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, I will, because I am the sole host this week because, uh, Jason is interviewed. I want to thank everyone for taking the time. I think this is a great follow-up to our, um, interview an episode a year ago, a little around a year ago. Um, and as Jason would say, uh, be well, stay well, and we will talk to you all really soon.